Okay, then. Uh, would you like to? Oh, sure. Folks, um, won't you please <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, are you ready to kick some Nash? <laughs> we are back as we are each and every interminable week. Uh, what do I normally say? Every, uh, each and every unrelenting week, yes, to talk all things Nets Nation. We have a mailbag episode extraordinaire. But before we go any further, Simon, we need to talk Steve Nash. Yes, folks. Uh, if you've been living under a rock uh, and you've consumed even less Nets news than my mom, uh, who is not an, a Nets news consumer, um, you may not know that the Nets hired Steve Nash out of the blue on, what has it been? Was that Thursday? A few days ago. Um, yeah, um, you know, something that, that was totally unrumored, um, there was, you know, it was a classic Nets move hearkening back to the trade for D'Angelo Russell, um, and I feel like there are others, like, when, when Marx is really cooking, you hear no, you hear nothing, um, about what's about to happen until it, until it happens, and, uh. So yeah, it it, it uh, filled me with with qu- quite a bit of excitement, William. I don't know about you. Marx is a sneaky dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes, I mean, the the Kyrie KD thing was, especially the Kyrie thing was rumored for months, and then the KD rumors started to 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 pour in. But at the end there, but but yeah, this was. This was a total total surprise. It sure was, Simon. There was an article published. I was looking back through my RSS feed, <laughs> which I always like talking with people about. <laughs> <laughs> Call me old school. I'm into the RSS, Simon. Mm-hmm. And on the morning of the day it was announced that Steve Nash was going to be the new coach, Nets Daily published a scintillating article, a titillating article <laughs> about how Greg Popovich was putting his 9,500 square foot mansion in San Antonio up for sale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thus strongly <laughs> corroborating rumors that he might be coming to the Nets. Then, minutes later, <laughs> the Woj bomb, I guess it was a Stein bomb followed by a Woj bomb, drops that it's going to be Steve Nash. This is an all-time jaw dropper from the old Mark's machine. The draft, you can sort of, in your mind, you know, understand why maybe you haven't heard of the guy that he's drafted, right? Like right. A Kurutz or a, a Musa. Yeah, he, he didn't make it onto our big board, but he's talked about he's on someone's big board. Just, yeah. Just not linked necessarily that closely with the Nets. As you said, no one. He wasn't on betonline.ag's odds, and they had, right. you know, a Calipari in there. They were, they, they left no stone unturned <laughs> in, in terms of names they might associate with the Nets. Nash right. didn't come up anywhere. So it's a total shock. It's pure Marxian obfuscation. Yeah. Uh, it's smoke and mirrors. We didn't know it was coming. We don't know if it's going to be good, but God Damn it! If it's not exciting, yeah, it, I I agree. Do you think also that Shams is like furious with whoever his source was for the two to three like undercover stories he had about we were gonna recruit 
Popovich and both, you know, Sean Marks and Joe Sy are doing this and they're doing that and they think, you know, they could convince him and blah, blah, blah. And then just like it never even comes to like we, we don't even know if they did do that. Like, we have no idea if any of that's true. If, if you know I mean, the front office was deliberately seeding the media with disinformation? Well, I mean, if, well, yeah, I mean, we don't know. I have not seen anything about, like, yeah, the Nets offered the job to Popovich or they gauged his interest and he said he was staying in San Antonio or, you know, whatever. So, something to indicate that any of that actually happened that was in the, the sham story. Right. No, it, it good good point i i don't know i think i think shams has has uh, egg on his face if you ask me <laughs> i agree and you know i don't like to say a mean thing about shams no no of course uh simon we are going to get pretty deep into steve nash and the mailbags uh-huh. so we don't necessarily need to get all our our takes out right now on the nationator uh-huh. but I think you have a special relationship with Steve Nash, especially yes. for a Nets fan. Uh, would you talk uh, like I know of Steve Nash? He was he was big in a time when I had more or less sworn off sports. Right? I was right. I was too good for sports for a period of time. Had my nose up in the air, totally <laughs> dismissed it. I was like a, a sports addict as a kid, and then had sort of a, a, a crisis of conscience, swore them <laughs> off for the rest of time. And during that time when I'd sworn them off, the only real NBA news I was getting was through you, <laughs> who was a rabid, diehard Phoenix Suns nut. Yes. Uh, so, so this has to be a fairly special appointment. Could you give us a, a personal take on you and on steve nash yes thank you william um so i great setup uh so yeah my memories of steve Nash. i mean he is to this day still my favorite basketball player of all time um he he was the straw that stirred the drink in phoenix like they would even like from from you know speaking broadly as clearly their best player to speaking um, on a small level where like every game when he wouldn't be out on the court, the, the point differential would just plummet. Like when Leandro Barbosa was out there running the team, it was a nightmare and they'd have to call him back as quickly. Like in his back was, you know, his vertebrae was slipping in and out instead to like pop it back in and get him out there. Um, cause he was, he was incredibly critical to that team. Um, and yeah, I mean, so so I have I have an incredible affinity for him, which is, as we discussed off podcast is bittersweet because I'm very excited now. But, you know, uh, pretty much every coach gets fired at some point and many of them get fired within, you know, two or three years. So while I'm trying to be a, a, a positive poly um, here, I, I it is going to be sad or I'm trying to prepare myself for for a potentially sad day when he gets dumped unceremoniously, uh, like pretty much every coach. I remember you trying to sell me on Steve Nash by telling me that he claimed he was reading the Communist Manifesto. Yeah, no, he he didn't. Yeah, it was like written in a um, in a profile of him that he was like he was different because he he would read that and. You know, he loves soccer. I mean, he he is, and uh, I don't. You know, he is as, as we also talked about, like a media darling. The media absolutely loves him. He's like the John McCain of of basketball players. Like he, even if he gets fired, people will be like falling all over themselves to to say like, oh, it wasn't his fault. He was so great, and he's such a smart guy, and he's so you know charming and. And, um, you know, maybe the meanest thing they'll say is like, he's too nice, you know? And, and, um, yeah. So, so there's that aspect of him. Also, I I will just say this, this other last thing, and then we can get to the mailbags. I think we will come a long way from, um, Kenny Atkinson's like grabbing a handful of LA looks gel and jamming it through his, uh, hair, um, with seconds to go before he needs to get out on the court to a man who has been on like the cover of GQ 
um, and could honestly be like you could have a poster of him at Barclays Center and it would make sense. Steve like, Nash? Yeah, just of him. I mean, not him playing, but like him as the coach could be a poster at Barclays because he I is like Kenny a I think Kenny is more handsome than uh, Steve Nash. I'm not talking about his But his just like star profile. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, like if you have a picture of Steve Nash in <laughs> in your arena, it makes sense because he is, he is like a, a certified star. No, I I mean he's as Spencer Dinwiddie jokingly wrote, he's the he's the third star. Yeah. That we've been looking for. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, do you think there's any chance he'll get back on the court? <laughs> I bet you there'll be there'll be um, you know, clips of him like working with the players a la Kenny in in like, you know, workout gear. How old is he? 46. Okay. So, about the same age as Jamal Crawford? Yes. It's not not terribly different. And Jacques Vaughn stays on. We got to give a shout to Jock Jackie V. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, as a highly paid um, assistant. Did you see William? I don't know if you saw this in the Woj interview with Sean Marks that Sean Marks said that one of Steve Nash's conditions for taking the job was that Jacques Vaughn stay on as lead assistant, which is just a little cringy because like Jacques Vaughn wanted to be the head coach. So it's sort of like Steve Nash like stabbed him in the back and then was like, hey, we're going to get you the best medical care possible <laughs> for this gaping wound I just gave you, okay? Because you're right. important to me. I'll let you borrow my Vitamix to, to, to blend <laughs> up ameliorative <laughs> drinks while you recover from the knife wound. Exactly. Like, thanks, Steve. You're a real star. <laughs> Thank you, you so did, much. Did for you that. listen to Raja Bell's segment on? Um, Steve I listen. I listened to a lot of it. I did not listen to all of it. I think Raja Bell is really good as a podcast personality. Yes, I like him much more than the apparent host of that show. Yeah, the the hard nosed journalist Logan, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Simon. Let's let's hit up the mailbag, and then there are a few other a few other bits of Nets news that we will get to, as we do each and every unrelenting week. Which <laughs> somehow I forgot was the thing that I say every <laughs> unrelenting week. Uh, all right, so we are going to hit up the mailbag first of all, Simon. I think before we dip into this mailbag, shout out to the USPS. We love yeah. you. We need you, baby. Oh, baby. That's right. If if, if for no other reason than to fill forty percent of the DNC's content. <laughs> but we really do. We are a very yes, pro USPS podcast. <laughs> That's right. I want to be out in front and saying that. I also think that they should serve as they do in many countries and as they serve in North Dakota as community banks. Oh, I didn't know they did that in in, in North Dakota. Uh, that might not be true, but they do in many other countries. <laughs> Perhaps North Dakota just has a state bank. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's irrelevant. We're a big fan of USPS around here. Always have been. Have been for more than the last six weeks as well. Yeah, that's that right. We're not a Johnny Come Lately to the post to office. The, <laughs> exactly. That said, that horrible segue said, uh, <laughs> I wanted to, and this, Simon, oftentimes we guard against being hurt through pretty thick layers of irony in this show mm -hmm. and just our lives in general. But I want to say something from the heart here. Okay. I'm bracing myself. Uh, thank you. To those of you who submitted questions this week, Simon and I, I'm speaking for both of us now, sincerely enjoy getting a mailbag. Yes. From any listener out there. We have three this week that we cannot wait to get to. If you've got one in the future, hit us up maybe next time at gmail.com or find us on Twitter or Instagram and DM us. Simon, first mailbag question from Luis Torres. 
Here it is. Should the Nets think about hiring Pop as the main consultant, like the Jerry West role, instead of head coach? What are your thoughts on that, Psy Guy? Well, I think, yeah, I I mean, it seems like Pop is probably going to be coaching for a little bit here, but were he to not, I would love to have Popovich as a, as a consultant. I think that's kind of, um, though it would have been great to have Popovich as a coach, and I would have preferred him, frankly, to Steve Nash, even though I've just poured my heart out about how great Steve Nash is. Um I think that a consultant is much more, as they say, meeting him where he is. Like, I don't get the sense that Popovich at age 70, whatever, would be fully, fully engaged in trying to deal with two head cases as they, as they careen towards either a championship or, or bust. I do think that he could occasionally pick up the phone or get on a plane or whatever and, you know, have a few words of wisdom uh, on the Nets' dime um, to pass Sean Marks. I think that's much more um, his speed at this point. Yeah, right. Be a part of the team but not have the grueling grind of a NBA head coach. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's why, why he's selling his 9,500-square-foot home. <laughs> yeah. That's an enormous piece of property. Yeah. I mean, most definitely. For a single man to live in. Yeah, well, he is incredibly rich. <laughs> <laughs> Still, that would just that would be an awful sort of environment to live in as as one human individual. Well, does he Here's a cue for you. Does he currently live there? Do you know? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, they refer to it as his home in San Antonio, so I'd imagine he does. But yeah, okay. Yeah, that is that is weird. Maybe he's uh, he's like the uh, Gatsby. He has all these parties. Oh, yeah. And, um, he's, he's a he's a wine guy. Right. He loves wine. Maybe there's nine thousand square feet of wine, and he just lives in five hundred square feet. He 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 certainly has a cellar, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, the guy, <laughs> I think he might have an orchard. <laughs> uh, I think it's called a vineyard, right? Vineyard, I'm sorry, right, vineyard. Although, maybe he's into cider, too. I think that there's a lot of overlap between cider and wine people. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. I, I, I much prefer cider. With cider, cider. All right, Simon, thanks for the question, Luis Torres. Next question is from Bruce Tandler. Oh, my. I don't think I know of this one. Oh, I thought I sent it to you. Anyway, Bruce writes in with the I think you'll like this one, Simon. <laughs> with the benefit of hindsight, do you think the Nets oh, as, as yeah. an organization would have been better off going all in on signing Jimmy Butler and giving him a good supporting cast instead of signing KD and Kyrie Irving? I just want to say... Right off the bat on this one, I was wrong about Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Mea culpa. <laughs> I would very much rather have Jimmy Butler on the Nets right now had we traded for him last season and then signed him to a long-term contract. I think he has demonstrably made all of the teams he's been on significantly better. Right, he he dragged the the T Wolves to the first playoffs appearance in years, and then as soon as he goes, they're like second worst team in the in the West. Now, at the time, he was in the midst of completely tanking that organization, which is where <laughs> some of my reservations about him were coming from. Uh, but now I think all of the sort of nervousness about acquiring a Jimmy Butler that were somewhat justified last year when he was in the process of doing that to the T-Wolves um, <laughs> has been swept away by the undeniable success he is having 
with the Miami Heat, leading that team to what looks like a berth in the Eastern Conference Finals, at least. Now, to give you some credit, Simon, you are always a go-get-Jimmy guy. Yeah, I mean, thank you, William. And you did send this to me. I'm, I can't believe I forgot it. Uh, thank you for the question. Um, yes, I mean, I, I, to me, William, I, and I know his his um, stock is sky high right now, and, and and could well plummet. And and the the biggest question around Jimmy has yet to be answered, which is, is he can he be the best player on a championship team? I think that's still very much up in the air, but. I would say the odds of that are higher now than they've ever been. Um, but um, I think the Nets, t- to me, it was the highest honor the Brooklyn Nets have ever received that he that he put the Nets as one of his like preferred destinations. There were like I don't know four or five, maybe six teams that were that were on his um, his list. He he had an agent very much like uh, Ty Lue's where. He pretty much had a window into his mind in every second. Um, um, but that, to me, was was is more of a, a credit to the Nets than like Kyrie coming to the Nets and then convincing KD because Kyrie, I think, was just like, "Oh, I used to cheer for the Nets. That'll be nice." You know what I mean? I think there was nothing more to that. Like, I I think I convinced myself at one point that maybe it's because he liked the culture or the Kenny Atkinson, but that's <laughs> You know, complete joke. It was that he played for, or he loved the Nets growing up. Um, but Jimmy just was, you know, thought that that was a, you know, at least a decent enough team that he wanted to come play for it. Um, he's always, yes, as you said, always made every team he's been on better. And I would suspect, William, that every team that has not, has either traded him away or has not re-signed him like Philly has deeply regretted it pretty quickly. Like, where are the Bulls right now? Nowhere. The Sixers are at the, you know, lowest point that they've been in, I don't know, a few years. Uh, and they have a Tobias Harris instead of a Jimmy Butler, and they, they are, look like enormous fools. Yeah, and, of course, the Timberwolves, much worse without him. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that the concern... Another one of the concerns, other than the he is deliberately blowing up this team that he's on. Uh, Another one of the concerns was that you were going to have to give him a max contract for five years or whatever it was. And that that wasn't going to age well because of the style of his play, because of the number of minutes that he has logged. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's still... Uh, obviously to be seen, but very yeah. much by the end of that could could be looking like an uglier contract. But the other thing I think that Jimmy does and is doing right now in Miami is making the place that he is a desirable destination for a free agent to go to. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. are lots of rumors around. Like, I've heard that Miami is... is the sort of favorite in the Giannis um, 2021 free agency thing, just because it's got the, you know, it's got this extremely winning culture. It's got this big, young, good core. It's got all those crazy shooters that are like rookies or second year players that Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero, Kendrick, Nunn, all these guys. Um, and then it has Jimmy Butler who, you know, is not a guy who will probably lead them to a championship. I would strongly doubt that they are able to win the entire thing this year with Jimmy Butler, but still if Jimmy Butler's good enough to elevate your team to, to like hyper competitive in the East right away. And then that sort of lays the runway for the real star, the real number one guy, a guy like Giannis who would be like, okay, I want to go to that place when I can. And then Jimmy can sort of still be there and be his sort of psychotic driven competitive (laughs) self. Um, But can then at, you know, fulfill his destiny as maybe like the second best guy on a championship team. Right. And we will see yet to be seen whether he is okay with being a, a number two dog. 
Because um, I think he's probably having the time of his life right now in Miami. I think he is, yeah. That, um, that team seems to be vibing very, very well at the moment. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just throwing stuff for uh, Dave because he's meowing incessantly. Yeah, I know. I, I noticed, yeah. <laughs> both b- both uh, the audio and I can see you on Skype. So <laughs> it's a pretty funny video I'm witnessing right now. Yeah, you're mostly getting my groin here. It's a lot of groin. Uh, your microphone is miles from where it needs to be, <laughs> which is which is nice for the <laughs> listeners, no doubt, of this fine program. Uh, all right, I'm gonna uh, go okay. to the. I'm gonna move on to the final mailbag, Simon. Thanks okay, for the great. question, Bruce. That was a good one. Yes, I think Simon and I would both love to have Jimmy on the team right now. Um, Played quite a few more games this season than Kyrie Irving, too. <laughs> Seriously, Elton Brand needs to be rode out on a rail or whatever they whatever the saying is. I think so they're getting a lot of heat for not for having chosen Tobias over Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I think a large part of it was that Jimmy refused to like, I think that they were going to offer him the max that he wanted mm-hmm. if he promised not to take meetings with other teams. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy wouldn't give them that guarantee, which to me suggests that Jimmy didn't necessarily want to go back to Philadelphia. Mm, so, yeah. so as yeah, I mean that's also a problem, right? Like you, your your GM should create a place that the a good player would like to continue to play at. Yeah. So that's not like he gets off for that. Um, it's bad sure. either way, but I think that they're that the narrative that like oh they chose Tobias and and just let Jimmy go is somewhat inaccurate. Mm. I think I think Jimmy was a participant in Jimmy not going back there for another yeah. year. Yeah. All right. Final final mailbag of the episode. This one from. Friend of the show, IRLJZ. He says, okay, guys, I have a concept for you. Hotornot.com for takes. So we are going to visit a basketball version of hotornot.com. A website I don't know if I ever actually visited when it existed. I'm sure I did. I was a teenage boy. Yeah, come on, William. I'm I'm sure we sat at the hot or not you know, <laughs> computer. <laughs> Me as almost certainly a virgin. Uh, Me too. Ca- casting a uh, right know, uh, four. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'd take her to Sizzler. All right. Uh, so we. The the hotter not take dot com has a take and you give it a score from one to ten. Mm-hmm. Simon. Uh, obviously a one is a totally garbage take, while ten is an I place my soul on this hill where it shall remain for all time take. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he has provided us with a few takes of his own that we will rate on a one to ten scale. And perhaps even give our reasons, or we can just give a number. I think I think a lot of the appeal of the hot or not was it was just pure number. You don't have to reason it, you know. You don't have right. to talk about it. But you know, for <laughs> for our listeners' sake, maybe we'll we'll expound upon the numer nu, numeral value that we assign to this thing. Sure. Value. Um, and then we have also come up with a take ourselves that we're going to rank. Uh, on a scale from one to ten, I came up with two takes: one cynical, one optimistic. Okay. All right. So let's go through a few of IRL Jay-Z's. First, first take: Simon. Steve Nash has the juju and will be the Kyrie and KD whisperer we need to win us a chip. Um, I give that take a six. Six. Um. Because I want to believe it, but I'm I'm just wary. I mean, he has zero coaching experience. 
um, quite a lot on his plate to deal with uh, coming right out of the gate. But, but you know, I, I want to believe, and I think he's incredibly smart. I think his EQ, as uh, Sean Marks said, is extremely high. Um, you've read the seven seconds or less where, you know, he's just like everybody's, everybody gets along with him. Everybody respects him. And, uh, you know, he, he's able to see, he, he is like the team leader for sure. What do you think your EQ is high My low? E- on a scale from one to 10, hot or not? What's your EQ? Um, seven. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think I have a pretty good EQ. I think, I think you have a good than EQ. my IQ. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do not want to know what that is. It's fallen, fallen, fallen. <laughs> they say it's timeless, but it's somehow going down. Not if you do the things to your body. <laughs> it's an integrated system. <laughs> a harm to one area affects the whole. That is right. Um, all right, I'm going to give this take a three. Ooh. A low take. Uh, two, two, I mean, I know a hot take is supposed to be unsubstantiated, you know? It's just like a throwing something out in the air. But there's just too much mystery in the air. I have no idea if this, if this alchemical cocktail of of Nash and Irving and, and Durant is somehow going to work or not. Uh, so I'm going to give it a low, low grade. Um, next take two time MVP. Stevie N is just another Jason kid, splashy, former player hire. Who's going to flame out in a season or two. That's a spicy take. That is a, that is a hot take. Uh, you want, you want to go first? Uh, sure. I'll give this an eight. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what, eight, what the, what the scale exactly represents. I guess eight because I could very, I, I have a easier time imagining that the complexity of working with KD and Kyrie is so great that the likelihood of someone, especially someone who's never has no coaching experience whatsoever, that someone coming into that situation fails at it, then that they succeed at it, which mm-hmm. is why I would give this one a higher point rating than I would the former, where it's like someone comes in and it's magic and it all works out. Um, just because I think that maybe maybe with the exception of what's happening in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but probably still, I would say this is the most difficult pair of superstars to try to manage and coach in the entire NBA. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. What, no, what do you, what's your, what's your ranking? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this a ten. I, I I like the the heat of this take. I, I of course hope that it's wrong, and very much think it could be wrong. But it's exactly what you want in a take, because now again I have been in my Nets bubble here, but it seems like much of the punditry, especially like in the mainstream ESPN sort of world, um, is like. Of course, everyone acknowledges, like, well, he doesn't have any experience. That could be a risk. No one is like, well, this is an obvious slam dunk because, of course, it's not. But but they're mostly like, oh, he's, you know, he's so smart. He really has a great relationship with Kevin Durant. He's got a lot, you know, he and Sean Marks have worked together and et cetera, et cetera. And, and, you know, I'm sure he can work it out. And it's really exciting and it's great. And that's, of course, how I want to feel. And that is mostly how I do feel. But I credit this take for having the opposite uh, feeling, which is like, look, once the, once the fun sort of headlines and the, and the like, you know, um, first, uh, first take, um, punditry ends, like you, you're left with this guy who has to coach you and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough as you said. And, and, you know, failure is more likely than success there's 30 teams in a league and you, you don't know what's going to happen and uh, you're probably more likely to fail than succeed. 
did you do something to your microphone there? It's oh. it's getting a little fuzzy. Uh-oh. Better? Yeah, better. Great. Good, good. Great, great, great. All right, last one from IRLJZ. Spence's tweet, re, you wanted a third star, actually represents legit saltiness. Spence and Nash are not going to get along. Rocky road up ahead for these two. <laughs> this is a 10. For the very reasons that you just gave, this is a super take, super hot take. Uh, I love it. It's so easy to imagine that Spencer really is pissed about this for some totally uh, unique reason, a reason that only he could he could come up with. Um, and yeah, this this take captures that beautifully. Yeah, I th- I think whenever I agree, I think it's a ten. I, I think whenever Spencer mentions third star. Behind those words is enormous resentment and, and jealousy. Every time he says it about Karis Levert, every time he said it about D'Angelo, um, and now that he's saying it about Steve Nash, like I, I, I suspect that he's like, he's he knows that he will never get like a job like this, right? Even though he's very smart and you know whatever he he has all of the intellect of and and coaching acumen. That Steve Nash does because Steve Nash is a star. Of course, he's getting this this gig. Right. It it, it yeah. It does it does capture that resentment and bitterness that is just inherent in Spencer's view of of the NBA at this point. Yeah. All right, Simon. Time for our takes. Okay. My first one, it's a cynical take, Simon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we'll get to my optimistic one because, as I promised last episode, I am <laughs> wholeheartedly embracing a more a rosier view of mm. the Nets. Okay. Wholeheartedly. Uh, but my first cynical take is this. Kyrie Irving never plays more than 40 games in a season again. <laughs> What do you rank in that? <laughs> I got I to say, William, I, if if someone besides you had that take, <laughs> I would give it a higher ranking. But because you've been beating this drum <laughs> for about a year and and few months now, and it, you know you were terrifically correct so far. Um, I'm going to give it a four because uh, to me that's just like right. that's just you rolling out of bed. <laughs> You're right. There's nothing. There's nothing spicy. It's nothing I haven't said before. I had a <laughs> I had a, an extensive breakdown of the number of games he'd played season by season before the season began, mm. with very very um, scary implications for how it would look going forward. Maybe this is a good time to bring up what I want to call the headline of the week, and then we'll get to your take and my optimistic tape. Okay. But I wanted to bring up one headline of the week, Simon. And it is this. Mike. It's a Mike Vaccaro headline. I think I may have sent it to you. Anyway, the headline is, Kimba Walker's NBA playoff showcase <laughs> is a Kyrie Irving warning. Mm, yes. As a Nets fan, and I guess it comes with the territory of being a Nets fan, but also a Boston Celtics super anti-fan, it is hard (laughs) not to admit that it would appear that Kimba Walker, a guy, a point guard with a fraction of the uh, acclaim and star power of Kyrie Irving has clearly helped this Boston team be significantly better than Kyrie Irving was able to do. Would you would you agree with that? Well, William, here's what you have to hope. You have to hope that the Raptors win the next 3 games because if they can do that um then I think the narrative becomes okay. Without Kyrie, they won one more game. Two more they, games. Well, because they they won one game against Milwaukee. Oh, that was a sweep. 
No. Wasn't uh-uh. it? The, fir- the first no, game they won. No. Uh. <laughs> uh-uh. the, the first game, I, I'm almost positive the Celtics won, and then they, and then they lost four straight. Um, but re- regardless, if they don't get out of this round, I think we're safe to not take a big gulp. But yeah, it's not looking good. Um, it's not looking good. You you can still rest on like, well, Jason Tatum made a big leap. Um, Brown made a big leap. That can't all be attributed to either Kyrie or Kemba. But yeah, I mean, you know, as we know, we all know that that team minus Kyrie Irving um, almost came came within one game of, of getting to the finals. So yeah, I don't know. You know, it's uh, you you play with the hand you get. <laughs> okay, what's your take? Oh, my take is, William, speaking of Kyrie, that Steve Nash will not – it won't be a problem where Steve Nash doesn't earn the respect of Kyrie Irving or that Kyrie Irving won't listen to Steve Nash in terms of like what, what he sees on the court and certain X's and O's and things like that. But it will be a situation where nice guy Steve Nash doesn't lay down the law enough with Kyrie – or KD for that matter, and lets them get away with murder. And that generates resentment amongst the other players, a la Josh Richardson's quote that we mentioned last week uh, in Philly that, you know, this team needs accountability. Um, and, you know, that that's sort of the, the other side. Other than Kyrie just being an asshole and, and being mean to his, his, his teammates, there's also, like, if he gets to wear a hat during the photo, if he doesn't have to do any of the like bizarre nets prehab shit, like other players are going to be like, okay, but do I have to do any of this? Do, why do I have to follow any of these rules? Like Kyrie is, you know, completely above it. Right. So you're, you're worried that Steve Nash might not be able to be the bad guy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The bad cop. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm worried about that too, because people do universally like him, but he's, you know, he's never really been in a position. He's always had a coach to be, to hold someone accountable on his team. He's never had to be the sort of disciplinarian or the person pointing out flaws in whomever's game. Exactly. And if you'll, um, I think you were still not paying attention to the NBA at this time, but you, you remember when Nash got traded along with, um, with, or no, he didn't get traded. He signed with the Lakers. Um, and the Dwight, same Howard, that Dwight and, Howard did. Yeah. yeah. And it was a total nightmare, but that's sort of beside the point for what I'm about to say, which is that when Nash came at his, at his press conference for that Lakers signing, he was like, yeah, Kobe talked to me and he said, he thinks our leadership styles would, would really blend because Kobe like cracks the whip and I am more like an encouraging, you know, Kimba Walker type. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, somebody has got to crack that whip. Uh, all right. So am I supposed, your take was like three minutes. Sorry. Am I, am I to, am I to give the, the entirety of the hot take? (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say I, 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 I'm going to give it a five. I'm gonna because I'm gonna give it two separate ranks. I'm gonna right. give it a a ten out of ten for um, insight. Mm-hmm. Right, I think it's a very real concern, and I too share it. I don't know that that he can be be the bad cop, but I'm gonna give it a, a one out of ten in terms of um, delivery, just because I think a hot take <laughs> has to be kind of pithy you know it needs to be quick and to the point and it it does there's there's not a lot of room for sort of rambling uh (laughs) ruminations on you know like a thoughtful conversational you know introduction of a topic can't be a a hot take really Mm. so a a five 
the thinking man, the professorial hot take. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. You could you could get away with that in ethics 202, but <laughs> I don't think that that's really what uh, PTI is looking for. Right. That's true. That's true. Uh, right. I won't put that on my sizzle reel. <laughs> Uh, my final optimistic take, Simon. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is the dark horse MVP candidate next year. Ooh. Um, like, do you want to talk about that for three minutes? Um, <laughs> I... How can that be a take? I'm not still listening to some guy talk about it. <laughs> Where's his charts? <laughs> um, I'm going to. I'm going to say – I'm going to give that an 8, William, because I don't think anyone's talking about that. Um, I think people are talking about is he going to be anything close to the player he's going to be slash they might say, oh, yeah, that – you know, he, he's going to be good or whatever. But no one has said – MVP. No, I, people, I people, these are the MVP candidates I'm hearing about, Simon. Mm-hmm. Luca. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Giannis. Um, Steph Curry coming back from injury, right? Those are the three big ones. Maybe you'll get an Anthony Davis. Maybe you'll take the leap and become the obvious number one. But those are really the, the big ones I'm hearing about. I haven't heard mention that Kevin Durant what if Kevin Durant comes back and as is as good as he was before he left when he was arguably the number one guy in the league yeah and and you know he's in the east it's conceivable as I said last week that this is a 60 win team I mean there is a universe if we live in like you know there if there are parallel universes and all infinite possibilities are playing out one of their in one of those the nets will win over 60 games next year i don't know if we inhabit that one right uh if i if i had to bet right now you know before knowing who the the full roster is going to be i would say we are not but but that happens in at least one of those parallel universes um, so if that happens, if we have, say, the best or the second best team in the East next year and Kevin Durant looks pretty di- close to what he was before he left, uh, could be another MVP. Yeah. Um, all right. Final thing, Simon, that I wanted to talk about because you wanted to talk about it. It's a Scoop B Scoop. Now, Scoop B is a guy that Simon and I, I don't know, would you say he, I feel like saying that he informs much of what we do is to undersell how big of an influence Scoop B has been on both of us? I wake up every day thinking, Scoop B. (laughs) So, Simon, you sent me something Scoop B said, or tweeted, (laughs) I think, tweeted? Yes. Oh, this could be the segment Simon sends me a tweet. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is a great segment that I know fans <laughs> have missed. Simon sends me tweets all the time, and I'm sorry I don't introduce them as that segment as much as I should. So Simon <laughs> sends me a tweet. Scoop B, colon, Knicks, Suns, Raptors, Nets, Heat, and Timberwolves all have interest in Indiana Pacers guard Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Um, you, do you want me to talk about it? I'm not talking about it. Okay, well, I'll try to give you a hot take. No, um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) this is interesting. (laughs) Um, Stoke the fire. (laughs) Yes, I think I said in my um, email, like, Scoopy is not exactly who you go to for, like, the most reliable um, intel. So it's very possible this none of this is true, but... Assuming it is true, I think it, it's just so funny to me that, like, there, we, we live in two different worlds where, like, one is the actual season where we're watching players play and there's lots of criticisms of players and, like, no player is perfect and every player has, like, glaring flaws and do you really want any of these players? And then there's the off season where any player with any kind of talent seems to be highly sought after in either trade or free agency. And like you, you, you have to sign Tobias Harris to a max contract. Like that's just an obvious, otherwise you're not going to get Tobias Harris. Um, 
and this is a similar thing. Mocked for having given any money to six weeks later, as soon as the regular season started. Exactly, exactly. It's totally, it's totally bizarre. So we just watched Oladipo stink bomb it. Yeah, and get swept, right? Was that a sweep? Maybe it was they won a four-zero sweep, unlike the Celtics Buck series last year. No, yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. And so now they did lose to the Heat, who appear to be very good, but, yeah, but who are about to never... sweep the Bucks? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's like I was thinking, oh, Oladipo would be good because we maybe wouldn't have to give up that much but if this tweet is even remotely true there's like seven teams that are interested in oladipo <laughs> max so him like, up oh. <laughs> 14 points a game 14 points a game max him up right. who needs karis lavert for less money when you could have somebody with a completely torn up quad <laughs> um i mean again i that <laughs> who wants that could it's definitely still be me, but I, I just – it's just crazy to me that as soon as, like, he's not playing, it's like, ooh, Oladipo, interesting. No, of course. He was a complete disaster upon his return. He probably shouldn't have returned. Um, but all medical reports said he was fine, you know? And so you – you you cut him some slack and you go into off-season fantasy mode and you say, you know what? He's going to be an all-NBA guy again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because nothing means anything right now. Now, <laughs> the ceiling on Oladipo is higher than the ceiling ever was on Tobias Harris. Yes. So they're not exactly analogous, but yeah, it is that it is a space in which you can fully talk yourself in anything. Nobody would pay a max, give a max contract to the person who played in that, in the bubble. (laughs) So, so you would, if you were being honest with yourself, if you're a GM and you're about to give this person max money, you're saying, I'm giving this contract to a person who did exist at one time (laughs) who didn't the last time that they played in the NBA, but I'm assuming that this person will re become the person that they once were, which he very well may. And you don't want to be, you know, one of those, whatever it is, five teams, six teams. It has that that's left not giving money to the guy who becomes the all NBA player. Right. Right. Who who just two years ago was like, wow, what an even trade between him and Paul George. <laughs> I don't really like Paul George. Right. I, I know. But wouldn't you say that he's much, oh, much better than Bubble Oladipo? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, re- I, mean, I really, no. really would. I'd say Karis Levert's better. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he was maybe maybe the third best player on the Pacers. Right, who were missing their best player. Right. So it was, yeah, Brogdon and um, TJ Buckets were both better than him. Mm-hmm. Significantly. And maybe a case for Miles Turner could be made as well. <laughs> Very inefficient shooting. Yes, and apparently, I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of the 4-0 sweep, but on top of very inefficient shooting, it was the shot selection that was really driving people crazy. It would be really early in the shot clock, uh, very difficult shots to make, contested shots, just very selfish, um, bad, bad decision-making from what I've heard, from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, again, haven't haven't watched all the tape myself, Simon. Yeah, I understand. Who has the time? <laughs> can I? I know we're we're coming up on a closing in on an hour here, but can I just quickly ask you, um, who do you think drove the right now? The Steve Nash hire is being presented as like a consensus pick. Somebody gets all the major players got something they wanted but who do you think was like the true driving force but behind steve nash 
I haven't read consensus pick from I like I can see it very easily from both Sean Marks and Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I I think those are the two driving forces. So that's not okay. really answering your question because I'm not picking one of them. But I do think that those two are the two who who spearheaded that. Yeah. Okay. Um, because yeah. of Kevin Durant's relationship with him with the Warriors, and because of Sean, because of all the rumors about Sean Marks and he having discussed this, uh, like years ago when they were playing together, and mm-hmm. then Steve Nash coming to him like a year ago and saying he'd like to be considered for a coaching job. You know that all of that I totally buy. I could see. But I don't see I have I haven't heard any rationale for like why Kyrie would have been a driving force for it or um or or Joe Psy, mm-hmm. if, uh, who I would imagine would be the other two conceivable like powerful forces it, behind that. Exactly, exactly. I my only thinking on Joe Psy being who I, I if I were to make a case that Joe Psy was the driving force behind it, is that he wanted a splashy hire. He he sort of sees the Nets as like, you know, this this sort of undercovered, underappreciated team that needs to make like big moves in order to to have any attention paid to them. And and if Popovich wasn't going to come, like the next best thing is like this um, Hall of Fame point guard star. Yeah, has has there been any reporting on Kyrie Irving having had an influence on the process? So, Other than like he was consulted or whatever. Right. Good cue. I I basically have have not seen much. I, I Scoop B, though we were just or I was just disparaging his um you know, the the accuracy of his reporting. I will say he seems to pretty much have a a beat on Kyrie Irving. And the most I saw from him was that he said that a clo- a source close to Kyrie texted him that Kyrie would, would respect him. Cause I guess there was some <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, cut out there. I think I was about to say how big of Kyrie for, for, uh, <laughs> Saying he would accept or respect Steve Nash, <laughs> he would respect two Steve to three Nash. time MVP Steve Nash. <laughs> what a generous and open dude! Well, so to be fair, it was, it, it, to be a, to give a little bit of context that makes it a slightly better. It it was, I guess, in reference to some some anonymous executive NBA executive saying he didn't think that Kyrie would respect him, and so a source close to Kyrie said texted him again so clearly Kyrie Irving that I don't understand why they need to be like yeah, play these silly games but but that he would <laughs> <laughs> yes he would <laughs> wow that's wonderful all right well I think Simon it would be a perfect time for you to encourage people to rate and review this podcast uh, yes, absolutely. Folks, you've got to rate and review our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. If you find a podcast platform that we're not on, send us an email at maybe next time at gmail.com and tell us what it is and we'll get on there. We'll, we'll get figure on it out. There. We definitely will. We but want I, to be there. We just didn't know it was out there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you can also follow us um, at Maybe Nets Time on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, so please, and send us your questions. Thank you so much to everyone again. As William said, those mailbags really make our day. Um, so please keep them coming. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. All right, folks, we will go ahead and uh, see ya, Nessa. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed